you're listening to the Loving BDSM podcast, episode 325. Kayla Lords here, not with the one, the only John Brownstone here, uh, me, myself, and I, and we will all talk to ourselves during this episode. Uh, yes, we will talk about why it's just me and there's no JB. I did not mean to make that rhyme uh, later in the episode, but hi, it's me. Uh, this week, um, we, meaning me, uh, are back after an unplanned break. Again, more about that in a minute. Uh, and we're actually revisiting a topic from 2018 on intimacy. So we did a big, long conversation back then. It's episode 136 um, about what intimacy sort of means to us and how we see it and how it can um, manifest in uh, power exchange relationships. And now this week I found something very interesting on the internet that talks about different types of intimacy uh, within relationships and I wanted to share that with you. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. Welcome to the Loving BDSM podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Friday for your kinky pleasure and education and show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Loving BDSM, on FetLife at Loving BDSM PC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, Loving DS and the number one, so that's Loving DS1, or on YouTube at youtube.com slash Loving BDSM, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes. A big thanks as always to our kinky patrons over on Patreon, including our newest peeps. Uh, we are able to do this thing on the internet and able to take unplanned <laughs> weeks off from our own uh, work life because of the support we receive through Patreon. Hopefully we give back as much as we receive. Uh, the way we do that is with uh, access to things you can't get anywhere else. So there's a Discord server where you can chat with some super cool, super nice, super down to earth kinksters. Um, we do a behind the scenes podcast episode. We do a live stream, live Q&A every month, um, all kinds of other little fun things. And so if you are able to and want to help support the work we do, you can uh, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash killalords. It's patreon.com slash killalords and get access to all kinds of uh, fun stuff. So patreon.com slash killalords, or you can use the link in the show notes. Okay, I hit the right button and uh, it uh, it's probably gonna be chaotic today. It's just the nature of the beast. I'm by myself. I have not been by myself since I was in the closet in 2015. Somebody who's OG who remembers talked to me in whatever format. Uh, when did I stop doing this by myself? <laughs> I'm way out of practice. Um, so we can, I do want to kind of say why I'm by myself. And I waited till had live stream folk, video YouTube folk and podcast folk all together. Um, I mentioned this in a couple of updates, but otherwise I've been pretty quiet just because we've just head down trying to get through stuff. So um, JB's had chronic back problems since he was in his thirties. Okay. So <laughs> that's a long time ago. Cause he's 61. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it flares up every once in a while. Anybody with a chronic condition probably can understand that you think you're doing everything right, or you know you did something wrong, <laughs> and you're gonna aggravate your thing, and eh, his back got aggravated really bad um, right after Hurricane Ian. Uh, it was bad enough that we've now been to see four different doctors uh, with different uh, levels of help or not help. They're doing the best they can, he's doing the best he can. It's one of those things that every time he starts to think, well, maybe it's starting to feel better, it doesn't. Yesterday, he felt really good. Um, 
He went to the fourth doctor, was a chiropractor. Uh, if anybody has strong opinions against chiropractors, I do not want to hear it, okay? This is uh, something that he's got decades of experience with. We did, we've done our research. This is the way we go. Um, and so he felt really good after seeing the chiropractor. And then today he's just worn down. Um, he is better than he was at the worst of it. The worst of it, uh, if anybody knows pain scales, I don't know how, if they do something different in other countries, but at least in the US, zero to 10 or one to 10. Uh, at his worst, he was at a 10. And it's the only time I've ever seen him cry from pain. <laughs> My daddy is a weepy man. He, his emotions are right there on the surface and I love that about him. Also, I sometimes tease that about him. Tease him about that, what are words? Um, but this was different. This was, whoo, this was bad. Um, obviously I'm taking care of him as best I can. His big thing right now is to rest when he can, try to find comfortable, comfortable positions, um, sitting, standing, laying down, walking. It's all comfortable until it isn't, um, with varying degrees of where he's at with recovering. Um, TENS units been, um, uh, put into uh, commission, um, heating pad he doesn't really like using ice even though we might have to start trying that because of the home kind of solutions that's all that's the only thing we haven't done um medications muscle relaxers blah blah all, like all the things um this is something he's dealt with like i said for so long this is just a really bad flare-up um it's the longest it's ever lasted since i've known him um he is stressed i am stressed so that's where he is. Uh, if he's able to be back next week, great. If he's not, I will be my sad little, whatever I am today, back. Um, so, uh, <laughs> awkward pause here. I, I'm so used to like one of us filling a gap for the other that I'm like, oh, well, there's my gap. <laughs> oh, Jamie's not here. Whew. So we can kind of get into some of how we've both been doing if you want when we get to the bonus section, but I really want to actually um, get into the topic because it was really cool to me when I came across this. So we're talking about different forms of intimacy. And one, we've done the conversation on intimacy in DS back in 2018, links to that previous episode in the places for wherever you're watching or listening. Um, if you ha don't remember it, or if you want to, you know, listen for the first time, watch it for the first time. Um, and then a few weeks ago, time does not, is not real. <laughs> uh, <laughs> does it even exist? Um, we were in an episode, either it was the Q and a episode or it was the Reddit reaction episode. And we got into a little like side conversation about intimacy. And I said that I found, thought that any kind of whether DS or top bottom relationship, however casual and temporary up to however long-term and serious, air quote that word, cause that means something different for all of us, could have some level of intimacy. And I think some people like really didn't like me saying that. <laughs> um, I don't think all levels of intimacy are equal. I think the intimacy you experience with like a long-term partner where you just kind of know one another and there's a, a huge level of comfort and you can talk to one another with your eyes, like you know what the other one's thinking, that's a different level of intimacy than you might find in a one-off casual pickup 
play scene, sure, but I think that all of these things are some forms of intimacy. And so then I'm just scrolling through the Instagram like I do. And um, I came across a post on Instagram that I then followed back to the original person because I do this too over at the Kinkery. You find a thing and then you repost it and like, but then the original credit like, gets wiped after a while. Well, I found it. And it's actually from a relationship therapist named Dr. Elizabeth Fedrick. Uh, I have also linked specifically to this post in the places if you wanna see this for yourself. It's basically a graphic of the types of intimacy that can um, be found in a relationship and that she says that require effort and attention. And so in the time-honored tradition of kinky people perverting things, I thought we could pervert her resource <laughs> for our kinky nefarious means uh, and talk about this through the lens of kink and power exchange. Um, Y'all know me, most of this will probably focus on power exchange, but I, some of these things I was looking at them and I went, yes, that's where intimacy can definitely be in casual kink play, right? Like you, it, it can be found in all these different ways. So she actually breaks this down into different type, like topics, category, categories, what are words? I don't know. Um, and I'm kind of going to go through them. Um, am I going to go into like crazy in depth? I don't mean to, I don't intend to. Uh, <laughs> when I was deciding, I thought we should do this topic. In t I didn't originally mean to do it if JB had been here with me because I knew he wouldn't be able to sit for very long. So we might be going through these kind of fast, but some of the things gave me thoughts and I thought I would share this with you. So types of intimacy, I'm gonna start with the top two that I think most of us think about when it comes to uh, any relationship. But again, we're talking about power exchange and kink relationships. So there's first, there's physical. Um, oh, let me back up. The other thing I wanted to say about this, see, see, you gotta watch me. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say about this is I'm hoping that anybody, cause I'm in this position myself right now, who's starting to feel like maybe there's a lack of intimacy in your relationship. That's an overall decent relationship. It's a good relationship that you wanna continue, but your normal, air quote that, normal typical forms of intimacy are lacking for whatever reason, chronic health conditions, <laughs> illness, uh, life stressors, whatever, whatever that by talking about these different types and forms of intimacy that can be found in a relationship, that it will help you recognize other ways that you are intimate or think of new ways to find intimacy that don't fully replace the other forms of intimacy, but that can be another option when you can't do all the things you really wanna do. So let me try this again. We're gonna go with the different like categories. So the first one is the most obvious and that's physical. So her examples are cuddling, hand-holding, nurturing touch, sensual foreplay sex. And of course we can add kink scenes, BDSM, whatever your form of fetish or kink might be that there's some physical aspect to it, right? So it is very intimate for JB and I to have an impact play scene. Um, and the intimacy is the same and yet different, whether it's like a super serious, we're like really focused on our dynamic and the, the power differential kind of scene, or one of those where I'm giggling like the baby girl that I am, and he's laughing in his sadistic way. Um, and 
it's all uh, different types of intimacy that I think most of us are um, just most familiar with when anybody thinks about intimacy, depending on how, you know, how your relationships go and how you relate to other people and how you want to interact with friends, partners, whatever, whatever, you know, the way you think of the physical side will vary. But I know a lot of us long-term folks who at least want to have sex with our partners and want to have kink scenes, that's kind of what we're thinking of. Um, for us right now, obviously the kink, the sex, all of that has, it's just way down at the bottom of the list. It's not even possible right now. Um, he does still do my nighttime, uh, get into bed, swats on the ass kind of thing, which is very nice. Um, what we've relied on lately, I've done this for him because I know he's told me before when I like just put my hand on him. One of his love languages is love languages is physical touch. It is not one of mine. I got a, bu a personal bubble rule. <laughs> I don't, I want to be touched when I want to be touched. And outside of that, I just don't please. He's the one of the few exceptions, him and, and like hugging my kids or whatever. But in an effort to sometimes soothe him or to help him relax, or just cause I wanna feel connected to him, I will run my hand across his back cause I know he really likes that. I know that it makes him feel good. Um, he tends to relax and kind of lean into it. And it's funny cause I, the first time I did it in a long time, it was when all this back stuff started up again, this flare up he's got, we don't have good words for it yet. Flare up, we'll go with that. Um, and I was like, well, maybe if I can do something soothing, I didn't, I knew it wouldn't take away his pain, but I was like, maybe it'll make him feel temporarily kind of better than he does, whatever. Cause I know he responds to physical touch. Um, and he did tell me later that it felt really good. And really at the time I was, I was in a submissive frame of mind. That was a service that was a, I wanna, it wasn't a, I wanna be close to him. I wanna touch him. I wanna be intimate. It was, I think this might help him in some way. Um, and I think sometimes for some of us, we do things maybe as an act of care, whether submissive or dominant. Um, and it becomes an intimate thing, even if we're not seeing it that way in the moment, right? Um, that was a point of connection for us. When I think of intimacy, I think of connection. I don't, I know not everybody defines it that way or, or thinks of it that way, but that's kind of how I look at it. Because when I tried to look up definitions of intimacy, they were like closeness. Well, okay. <laughs> I can mean everything and in nothing all at once. So I go with connection. Um, to the physical sides of that, I think we all know. And I also think that kink as an intimate, uh, intimate act between casual people who maybe just met, it's still there, but it's not the same kind of intimacy as people who've known each other for a long time, a negotiated power exchange, people who've seen a lot together, people who have history together. Um, because as you'll see, as we go through these different categories, they can all start combining and mixing and intertwining. And I would almost say that the more different types of intimacies intertwine, the closer the connection, the deeper the intimacy. So um, not all intimacies are created equal, but yeah, I think that, that yes, when you're, you know, letting a person that maybe you just met like 10 minutes ago, spank your ass in the middle of a dungeon, there's a level of intimacy there because we would not go up to just anybody on the street and go, here's a paddle, I'm gonna bend over. Would you beat my ass? There's gonna be some, the negotiation of not just the words we're saying to one another to figure out if this is a scene we wanna do, but how am I feeling about this? Am I getting a good vibe? Do I feel like I 
would be willing to let this person do this to me for all kinds of reasons. Like, is it because I've watched them seen before? Is it because just I'm I just need the play and I'll take whoever's willing to to do it? Is it a vibe? Like whatever. But that scene, no matter how casual, has an, a layer of intimacy to it. Is my point. Um, let's see. The next one that is also I think top of most people's list when it comes to intimacy is emotional. Um, there's empathy, there's respect, there's validation. There's our three favorite, we talk about all the time, communication, trust, and vulnerability. Um, yes, 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 yes. Um, if communication is where you struggle with intimacy with any partner that you're actually trying to be intimate with, um, then our big recommendation is always the book Tongue Tied by Stella Harris. Um, I will link to it in the places YouTube folks. I don't think I have it down there in the description box just yet, but I'll get it there. Um, but it's also uh, under resources on our site, lovingbdsm.net, if you wanna go there, or you can just like Google the name of the book and there you go, you'll find it. Uh, Tongue Tied by Stella Harris is still our favorite book on communication. Um, it actually does not spend a lot of time on kink. It talks about other types of, you know, communication in general when it comes to relationships and sex. All of that applies to kink. Um, the one chapter on kink is specific, but it all applies. So I think we all know this. When I um, can be vulnerable with a person and they are safe to be vulnerable with, then an intimacy builds between us. Again, is it enhanced by the existing relationship that I might have or the relationship I'm trying to build that's beyond this casual moment? Yeah. But I've also had conversations with near strangers, which is rare for me, but the introvert who loves to get into a deep, meaningful conversation and doesn't like chit chat, right? <laughs> you know, that can be a level of intimacy where you walk away feeling like you kind of know somebody, right? Like you don't know them, you know that you're not like in their head, you're not part of their life. You don't know much about them beyond that one conversation. But again, it goes back to the, the word I like to use to define intimacy, which is a connection. You connected for a minute because you talked about something that meant something to the people involved in the conversation. And in that moment, that was an, an, a level of intimacy form. It might be short lived also, when you have those little moments of intimacy between people, casual or relationship, you know, long-term relationships, when you come back together, uh, assuming there's been no like crazy thing that happened or conflict or whatever, then you can, you kind of already come to one another with a knowing of each other, like this safe ground where you had this moment of connection and you sometimes start from that place again. Um, I have found as, somebody with high social anxiety, that if I had a good conversation with you, like at this munch, when we come back to the next munch and I see you, I'm a lot more comfortable. I'm ready to say hi. We might not get into another deep, meaningful conversation, but I feel like I know you. Why? Because we connected and it was a level of intimacy, right? Um, respect uh, as uh, an intimacy, I think for most of us that's easier or more obvious, I don't even know if easier is or more obvious from the submissive perspective, uh, dominance. <laughs> yes, you should respect your submissive partners. Tops, you should respect your, your bottom partners um, and your partner's bottoms, quite frankly. Uh, <laughs> but um, that is a mutual thing. And I think that, that 
If you don't respect the other person for whatever your reasons are, I feel like that's an indication that there's not really a relationship there, whether it's platonic or sexual or long-term or romantic or whatever, whatever, like respect is bottom line. Now respect does have to be earned, but some level of respect, I think we should all start with until somebody proves that they're not worthy of that respect. But there are certainly too many doms and some tops, but mostly like air quote doms who think that they deserve all of, to receive all of the respect, uh, but not to give it. Um, Those people to me are walking red flags. Um, I choose to, I don't, the word is lower myself is not the right word, right? Um, I choose to submit, I choose to serve, I choose to follow but it's not because somebody has a title and they've called themselves a dominant, right? It's because they've shown themselves to be a person worthy of that. And so therefore they have earned my respect for it, right? You don't get to, you can demand respect, but you're not getting it. The title is not what uh, is worthy of respect, it's the person behind it, right? It's what you're doing, it's your values, it's all that. Um, But these forms of intimacy, I think most of us would go, yeah, obviously that's definitely, a big part of intimacy in any form of relationship. If we go back to the casual side of things and and finding intimacy in not long-term relationships or not romantic or loving relationships, those kind um or platonics, like platonic friendship, relationships based on friendship are to me some of them no more or less loving than a married couple, right? Um I, I have some friends that when I think about how much I love them, it runs nearly as deep as it does for JB. Um, but when I think on the more casual side, you've just met somebody, you're just playing for the first time, you're maybe newly negotiating some kind of power exchange. Um, communication and trust, I think I think we all kind of understand that that needs to be there and those are forms of intimacy. Vulnerability, we've talked about uh, on the show before and I think it's the hardest one, but it is certainly most important. Um, As long as you remember that not everybody uh, deserves your vulnerability, but empathy, validation, respect, the things that kind of say, I see you. I see you and I honor what I see, or I see you and I don't like what I see, so I'm gonna remove myself. Like that's a self-respect thing, but the there's something to that. Like if I can be a little, to me, vulnerability is putting my naked ass in front of a near stranger's face and going, yeah, you can hit that. That's a moment of vulnerability. That's a moment of intimacy. Um, hope I haven't gone completely off the rails uh, as we, as we uh, talk about this. Okay, so next topic, and this is the one that gave me the light bulb moment of yes, all kinds of things that we do in interactions with all kinds of people, uh, but specifically kink, power exchange. This was the the category that I went, oh yeah, there's intimacy there. And it's called experiential. It's the stuff you do, right? So the very first one was shared experiences. The shared experience of a kink scene, there's an intimacy there, there's a knowing. Somebody else uh, in the live chat said familiarity. Exactly, thank you. By the way, words are hard today. Um, There's that, there's, if it was a good experience, one that you enjoyed enough, you might want to repeat later, or when you just walked away from going, yeah, that, that was good, that when you see them again, when you come across them again, there's a little bit of a connection. Is it the kind of connection where you run up to them and, and put your arms around their neck and hang off them and go, oh my God, maybe not, maybe not. But it's a knowing of the other, right? That's, um, 
that's a shared intimacy. Let's come out of kink a little bit. I was thinking about this. There are intimate connections, intimacies, uh, I should say, with shared experiences. I was thinking about, and I can't think of a specific, specific moment, but I've had enough of these in my life that it, it came to mind. Have you ever been in a kind of a semi-public place? Like you're in line at the grocery store, you're sitting in a waiting room at a doctor's office, you're somewhere where some portion of the public is there, but it's not a wide open space. And somebody comes through or something happens that catches the attention of most of the people in that space. And you and one, maybe two, but definitely one other person have a similar reaction. It's humor, it's what the fuck, it's, OMG, that Karen needs to get out of here, right? You just catch that person's eye and you kind of share a knowing look. You don't know each other. You've never had a conversation, but you just both sat here, watched that, and you're looking at each other going, mm-hmm, I think that's bullshit too. That is a shared experience intimacy. It's a light, light level. It does not rise to the level of the intimacy you share with a partner. It does not rise to the level of the intimacy you share with somebody you negotiated pick up play with in the dungeon. Of course it doesn't. But we have these kinds of little fleeting moments of connection that I would consider small intimacies. If I saw that person out in public again, I might not talk to them, but I'd be like, I remember them. They get my humor. They thought that thing was bullshit too. They thought that thing was funny too. It's that familiarity again. So experiential types of uh, intimacies. There's the shared experiences. There's the trying new things. Hi, kink folks. Uh, you wanna add some intimacy back into your relationships? Go explore something together, right? Um, there's your routines. Uh, you know how I love routines. Consistency, adventures, spontaneity. Okay, so I'm, I'm probably not gonna be down for spontaneity. Spikes my anxiety, I'm not interested, thanks. Uh, adventures, see also spontaneity, probably not. Uh, the rest of it, absolutely. Um, as an example, that was both kinky and not kinky. Uh, we're at the chiropractor's yesterday, uh, day before recording, Tuesday. JB's in for the uh, evaluation. The doctor takes the Wartenberg wheel runs up both of his legs with it to test. You know, she's using it for its actual like medical purpose, the reason it was invented, uh, to test your know, sensation and see what he can feel. And you know, if there's any parts that, you know, whatever, whatever. And I'm looking at it going, yeah, I know what the fuck that thing is. But I didn't say anything, cause you know, we're out in public. She puts it down. She has to leave the room to go get like a heating pad or something. And he says something, I don't remember what. And I went, well, now you know what the Wartenberg wheel feels like two and he kind of went girl y'all know how he does uh, and then we started giggling together so that's a very layered type of intimacy like there's the shared experience of both the kinky activity there's the shared experience of sitting here knowing we both watched the seemingly vanilla person i don't know her she might be kinky use a Wartenberg wheel and the giggles we get of knowing that she used it on the one person between us who would definitely not like it. Um, also as a, a side note that kind of goes with that, um, in the midst of all these doctor's appointments JB's had to go on, he has not, all, he's looked forward to them in the, maybe they can help me, I would like some relief. But also he said quite clearly, he goes, 
I absolutely hate to be out of control and can't stand pain. And I'm literally going to people asking for both. And I went, yes, we know you're a sadistic dom. Uh, there, there's a shorter way to say that. <laughs> I know you don't like to be out of control and you don't like anybody administering pain to you. I'm aware, I'm so aware. So when then, we, that was a few days ago. And then when I watched this Wartenberg wheel used on him, it, we were, she came back in and I'm pretty sure she just, she did not know why we were giggling. Um, that's the the way intimacies get layered. Like the longer you're with somebody or the more experiences you have together, the more you know that person and you have that history, then intimate moments creep in all the time. But every new thing we try together, whether it's business, but mostly when it's like kink or when it's, we're trying to do a parenting thing, we are close because of that. We're close in the struggle to learn it. We're close in the, questions we ask, figuring it out, reassuring each other, hey, this will be okay if it's not great the first time, or hey, I know you're nervous, tell me if when you wanna stop, like those kinds of things all build intimacies upon intimacies. And so for anybody who's like, there's no intimacy in my relationship anymore, um, the shared uh, experiences and trying new things, definitely top ones I would recommend. But if you think about it, if you have, either routines or as I heard, and I loved this cause it was from somebody who, who has ADHD and kind of like talks about that, like on their account or whatever, they talked about patterns. They said routines don't work for their brain because they might not want to do that exact thing at that exact time or not even be able to do that exact thing at that exact time, but patterns of you do this thing and then that thing and then this thing. And it's kind of a, an order to it, but the time doesn't matter. So routines or patterns, uh, however, works best for your brain. Um, those have an intimacy to them. A case in point, this has all been going on with JB for almost two weeks now. We're, we're getting close to the two week mark. Um, when he comes to bed at night and is actually able to like lay in the bed, I still bend over. I still bend over the bed and I wait for him to swap my butt. And he swats my butt to the best of his ability. He rubs my butt because please do if my butt is in front of you, that is me asking you to rub it. Not you, you the you that I might be willing to, <laughs> y'all know what I mean. Anyway, um, and it's this really quiet moment. It might last a second. It might last 10 seconds. It has not lasted more than 30 seconds in almost two weeks. But it's this moment to just go, yeah, this is us. This is a reminder that this is us. That's an intimacy, but that's part of our routine. And it's something that we're fairly consistent with. I am sad today, I am not wearing my collar. Why am I not wearing my collar? Because um, he was sleeping on the couch when I woke up um, and I was not gonna wake him up. And it was a very hectic morning of juggling uh, appointments and kids and where's this one and what am I doing? We had a lot of stuff to do and I needed to get out the door really fast and he woke up like 10, 15 minutes before I left. And there wasn't time. And then when I came home, kind of the same thing. He was sort of awake, but he was about to go to sleep because he's snatching sleep where he can. And there just wasn't time. And I don't put it on myself. One, it's awkward. Two, no, that's not part of our routine. Um, but I'm very consciously aware that I'm not wearing it. Yes, it makes me a little bit sad, but I also will feel the meaning of it and that 10 seconds of intimacy when he puts it back on. And that intimacy can look like a lot of things. I think for some people, they think it has to be this super serious, oh my gosh, we're being really intimate now thing. It can be, I mean, I have those moments too. 
with my collar normally. So he takes it off at night because I can't sleep in it. Oh, it's sensory thing, anxiety thing. Just don't worry about it. Anyway, so he takes it off at night. It sits on our the top of our dresser, which uh, in our room is almost directly underneath the ceiling fan. So by the time I wake up in the morning, it's cold. Now, some mornings I'm like, thank you for the cold. Uh, perimenopause ain't no joke. I'm hot. This is great. But some mornings I'll walk to him to bring it to him to put it on me and I'll have it in my hand to try and warm up the the chain before it goes around my neck and whether I get it warmed up or it's really cold and I jump when he puts it on me almost every morning he'll look directly into my eyes to watch my reaction so yes the putting on of the collar is a beautiful moment and it's part of our our power exchange but the intimacy is waiting for am I gonna jump because it's super cold or did I air quote this word win by making it warm enough so that it just goes on like it's no big deal. And (laughs) that's part consistency and part routine and part shared experience. And then just, you know, the knowing one another that that um, having been vulnerable, having communicated, just being with one another kind of level of intimacy. And you don't think of those things as intimacy, intimate. What are words? You don't think of those things in that way necessarily until one, you have a reason to, like we're talking about it today. And so I would encourage folks to think about things that they could define for themselves as intimate, um, even if they wouldn't normally call it that. Or when you're missing it. Like when I think about what I'm missing, I'm not missing the collar on my neck, even though it is you know, something I normally touch and, and reach for and it's like usually there. I'm missing that moment when he puts it on. I'm missing that moment when he takes it off. That's what I'm missing. Uh, we will we will get back there. <laughs> he just has to get better. Okay, so let's, uh, let's go to, but when I saw experiential as a category of intimacies, I was like, yes, I am not incorrect in thinking that even casual, kink encounters absolutely have levels of intimacy to them simply by this definition of experiential. On the other side of that, if you're missing intimacy in your relationship as you normally define it, look elsewhere and maybe look at what you're already doing that it's really easy to get caught up in. Well, we always do it that way so I don't think about it. It's like it's on autopilot. It's the downside to relationships going on autopilot. That's how you get into ruts. You're not aware of what you're doing anymore. And that's natural, that's normal. That happens to us all the time. When I start missing things, when it gets a little difficult, when the routine is thrown off, then I'm very aware of what I'm missing. And I can think about how how those things feel intimate to me, if that helps. Um, another um, to- uh, form of intimacy, this is one I kind of was talking about earlier when as an introvert, I can get into a deep, meaningful conversation, that's intellectual. So deep conversations, mental stimulation, opinions and beliefs, I would imagine sharing them. Uh, Introspection, my favorite, Uh, creativity and curiosity. So you can do this with each other. You can do this with other people and there's the, the layers of intimacy will be different. Deep conversations are my favorite, okay? Right, I think it's neck and neck with introspection. Like I, which one would be number one? Which one would be number two? I don't know. I don't wanna get into deep conversations with everybody, not interested. I wanna have deep conversations with JB. 
I don't think of it as another form of intimacy, but it is how I learn how he thinks and I learn his reactions and I learn about him. And so later, whether that's a day later or it's 10 years later, we can look across the room at one another and talk to each other with our eyes and we know why. We've had so many deep conversations. We know how the other one thinks. We know how the other one feels about things. Deep conversations are the shit, okay? I fucking love them. I feel like I know somebody after a deep conversation. For me, I'm not into the idea of, let's say a casual encounter with somebody in a kink scene. I'm you're probably never gonna see me doing casual pickup play because I don't, if I don't feel like I know you on some level, I don't wanna show you my ass, thanks. <laughs> but could I get into a deep conversation with somebody and have that sense of connection and then feel like I have a sense of at least part of their vibe and go, yeah, we could do something together. Yeah, the few times we've done semi-casual things years ago, y'all, years a fucking ago, um, it wasn't because they were my best friend. It wasn't because I was in love with them. It wasn't, it was because I'd had enough conversations with them that there was that level of intimacy. And then I was willing to share another level of intimacy and was JB there the whole time? Yes, that did help. For me, that definitely helps but that is part of it. Uh, mental stimulation, um, that can mean so many things. That can mean whatever you want it to mean. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna try to define it. I can only think of what it means to me really. And mental stimulation is takes so many forms with JB and myself. Um, it's the way he mind fucks me. Uh, he definitely keeps me on my toes. I'd like to think that the act of mind fucking me is mental stimulation for him. Uh, it's the way we make each other laugh. Um, it's, the way he teases, like sometimes, there have been times I've had to go, okay, the teasing's too much, I can't handle it. I, I, my baby girl side is like not enjoying this right now. I, my feelings are hurt, um, but I'm safe to tell him that. Like we have that relationship and I know he'll listen to me so I can say that to him. Um, but <laughs> those kinds of things like get me thinking, get me wondering what is he thinking? And we, I feel, I feel, my brain feels more alive after that. Like it feels like it's firing on all cylinders after stuff like that. Um, but it can be other things, mental stimulation can be, it can be learning something new together, go back to the experiential. It can be having philosophical conversations. It's like whatever like gets your mind working and going and firing, there's your mental stimulation. Uh, opinions and beliefs, this one is this one's tricky in the world we live in. Um, there are certain opinions and beliefs that I, I don't, I wish I didn't know about people, I'd like them better, but also I'm like, oh, I'm kind of glad I know that about you because I'm gonna keep you way over there, thanks. There's certain opinions and beliefs that are gonna turn off intimacy and I'm, we're, you know, depending on which side of your line and divide, they're gonna make you push away. Uh, when you're sharing opinions and beliefs in, I think even when you don't agree, but in a way, that you can talk about them, <laughs> that those opinions and beliefs uh, are not marginalizing, othering, or endangering other human beings. Let's let's put the the line there, right? We're talking about this is how I feel about cheese. This is how I feel about the color purple. This is how I feel about trees. Like I don't know th those kinds of things that are not actively opinions about how people should treat other human beings. Like there's got to be a line in the sand there somewhere. That can that's a way of getting to know somebody. You know, we've talked about this a lot when JB and I first met and we were long distance, we would play 20 questions. I'd be on a lunch break, 
I'd be bored. I'd want to talk to him, but we didn't really have a topic of conversation. So we played 20 questions and I'd ask him all kinds of stuff. He'd ask questions back. And um, sometimes it would be factual stuff. And sometimes we would get into this is what we believe. Um, if, if you have people in your life, uh, intimate partners, people you're just trying to get to know, and you can have conversations about opposing beliefs um, in a way that does not devolve into f- fighting, yelling, wanting to walk away and never look at the other person again. Um, those can be very intimate moments. My One of my closest friends, she uh, died in 2017. Um, she and I were <laughs> diametrically opposed uh, on certain topics. Um, religion being one, um, abortion being another. Uh, she was the only person I've met so far in my life. I could have conversations about those things. We could come from opposite viewpoints. And when we were done, we were still friends. We still respected one another. We understood each other a little bit better. Um, I think I shifted her thinking on a few things, not completely, she, uh, <laughs> not completely, but we could have those conversations and it made us closer friends. That is not possible with everybody. And sometimes you wanna know somebody's opinions and beliefs so you can check them off your list and go, yeah, you stay over there. I'm not interested in creating intimacies with you. When we're not in, when we're not talking about those, we're talking about more benign opinions and beliefs, right? Um, It's just another way to get to know somebody. Um, Is it treacherous ground in the world we live in now? Maybe a little bit. I'm very glad I'm not out there in the dating world. Thank you very much. Um, But yeah, that absolutely is a form of intimacy, knowing what somebody thinks about something. It's how JB and I can literally talk from across the room without actually physically speaking. I'll just look at him, he'll look at me. We know what the other's thinking because we've had these intimate moments of learning each other's opinions and beliefs. Now, that doesn't mean things can't change. And we are aware that if our opinion or our thoughts change on something, we better communicate them because the other one will be working off of assumptions after all this time. But yeah, and, and when we talk about how we've changed our thinking on something, it creates another layer of intimacy. Um, introspection, y'all know how I feel about that one. I think everybody should just be a touch more introspective than they are. If you were just not the introspective type, I would I would beg you to give it 30 seconds every third week of the month. You, you might learn something. Uh, if, you, if you are introspective like me, I will say what I have learned over time is that it's possible to be too introspective. <laughs> There's a line there. Creativity, curiosity, uh, I would definitely say that those are intimate moments. JB and I have learned how to physically make things together. Uh, we have a bond because of that. Like we can go out into one part of his shop or another and we know what could go wrong. We know what could go right. We know how we fucked up last time. We're laughing. We're talking about these things together. Um, it's a shared experience, uh, which goes back to experiential. But because we decided to allow ourselves to be creative and think creatively and we did it together, it's just another layer of, of intimacy. Curiosity, same thing. The last one, at first when I read it, I went, mm, I have nothing to say about this. And then I read further and I do. Last top type of intimacy, spiritual. Um, your inner worlds, which mine are uh, vast and uh, varied, and I make JB tired sometimes sharing my inner world. Um, there's prayer and meditation, if you're into that. There's faith, if you're into that. Higher power, values, morals, and ethics. Now, morals and ethics and your values and opinions and beliefs, I think there's a lot of overlap. We got a big old Venn diagram um, because our 
opinions and beliefs can inform our morals, our ethics, our values, our morals, ethics, and values inform our opinions and beliefs. So there's a lot of crossover there. Um, yes, part of the reason JB and I work so well together is because our morals, ethics, values are fairly aligned in places where maybe at one point they wouldn't have been aligned. We have learned from one another and we've come further into alignment. We don't completely agree on absolutely everything, but we agree on the big stuff, right? Like we, we align there, therefore we can be more intimate with one another. Therefore the trust grows and this whole circle of all these types of intimacies work. Now, do I think you have to know every moral value and ethic, let's say of a casual kink partner? Not necessarily. You have to know enough of their morals, ethics and values to know that they will, or to believe that they will stop when you say forward. They will honor the agreement that you've made. Um, they won't like pull anything shady in the middle of the scene or after the scene, right? Like there's gotta be enough there that you think, yeah, this person's probably okay. They'll, they'll probably do what they say they will. But then we get into deeper relationships, longer term relationships, and it, it, it becomes, there's more depth there, right? And sometimes you're not compatible because your ethics, morals, and values are not compatible. It's a la layer of intimacy you can't get to. Now, some people don't care about that layer of intimacy for certain types of relationships. And I, that's okay, I do. I, I don't need to know that somebody thinks exactly like I do. I learn a lot more from people who see the world differently than I do, than I do from people who see it the same way. But if I say something like, um, you know, trans kids should get access to medical care that they need. I just don't think, I don't wanna be with somebody who thinks they're going to debate that with me. If I say something like, um, you know, well, I mean, there's so many things I could say, like, uh, yes, kids say gay in Florida, please. This don't say gay bill is fucking bullshit here in our state. I, I, don't, I don't want to be more intimate with the person who will fight me on that. Like, I'm just not interested. Go, go be intimate with somebody who agrees with you. Like there's, again, it's lines in the sand, right? Um, I want to be with somebody who thinks that lies of omission are still lies. And so tries to avoid them. Doesn't want to lie to me even out of omission. Who is very careful with the white lies because white lies lead to bigger lies. Like that's a value I have. That's a moral, that's an ethic. Those are like the ways I see the world and what I think are right. That's who I'm gonna be most compatible with. That's where I can have a shared intimacy. It's complicated. I, um, because I don't have much to say about faith or higher power or prayer meditation, I did specifically for kink want to share some resources um, for anybody who's interested in that specifically for kink, I will link to it in the places. Um, one is Sacred Kink by Lee Harrington. Have not read that one, okay? I've heard about it. Um, heard it's very good from people who have read it. I have not read it. The one that JB and I both read was Spirits of Desire, also by Lee Harrington. Um, that is different stories, essays from people's specific perspectives of sacred kink, the idea of a spirituality to their kink life and world and how they see it. Um, so on that level of intimacy, cause I really don't have anything to say there, thanks. Uh, if that is something that you are interested in exploring, Lee, just look up Lee Harrington if you're not where you can get to the link right now, but I will, um, I will link to that for anybody who's interested. Um, <laughs> I, uh, 
gotten, no, I won't say trouble, because uh, the person would have to rise to a different level of intimacy for it to be in trouble. But I, I did get lectured uh, recently about some uh, off the cuff uh, comments I made about how I feel about religion and my experience with religion, and they were very disappointed in me. And I kind of went, I don't care. But <laughs> I also know that that is a touchy subject for folks. Uh, that will also be a place where uh, I probably won't have shared intimacies with folks. Uh, religion is very often very off-putting for me. Um, kind of grateful that JB's not really interested. Uh, higher power idea. Yeah, we kind of both agree on that, but it's not a thing that we've spent a lot of time talking about to create those shared intimacies, other than the fact that we kind of agree on how we see what, if any higher power there might be out there. Um, so those are, holy shit, those are all the different forms of intimacy from this one graphic. As a recap, we've got emotional and physical intimacy, the ones most of us are very familiar with. Then there's experiential, intellectual, and spiritual. Uh, I love intellectual intimacies. I feel like I know somebody. And then of course, it's very disappointing when you find out you didn't really know them. You just had one shared experience that happened to be a good conversation. Also, do you see how I talk about these things and they overlap? There you go. Um, so yes, I think all of the encounters we can have in a kink life that are meaningful to us on some level um, have a level of intimacy to them from fleeting and very surface level to deep, meaningful, like life changing, soul bending intimacies. Um, and for anybody, oh, I just hit my cup. For anybody in any kind of kink relationship who feels a lack of intimacy, maybe it's because life circumstances, maybe it's something else going on. Maybe, you know, use this resource to see if there's other types of intimacy that you're already experiencing that you just haven't been thinking of that way. You know, a bit of a mind shift can sometimes help. Or if there's new forms of intimacy you have not fully explored that could allow you to feel connected. Cause that's the thing when I, the times I feel disconnected from JB, um, are the times that the intimacies, the, the daily small, like just going through our life ones. And then the big ones, when I feel like those are missing, when I, that's when I'll look at him and go, I don't feel like we're connected right now. And I, I hate that feeling. I hate feeling disconnected to him. So even when I know, like sometimes it just has to be that way. It's just the nature of things. I still don't like it. So that's types of intimacy, forms of intimacy, ways of thinking about intimacy. Look, did I say everything there was to say on intimacy? No, I had to do that. We were at 50% today, y'all. We did not have JB's uh, input and his perspective. And yes, you're right, that sucks. Uh, <laughs> other people will have their own thoughts on intimacy and that's good, you should. Um, I think it's like kink. I think it's like power exchange. I think it's like anything in this world that we experience as human beings we get to kind of define it for ourselves. We get to decide what of it is important and what isn't, what we call intimacy and what we reject for ourselves as intimacy. Intimacy is not a zero sum game, y'all. When you give a little bit of intimacy to that random person who also thought that Karen at the counter was bullshit and y'all shared a look in the middle of the waiting room, well, yeah, well, fuck this person, right? That intimacy does not take away from the intimacy you have with your partner. Uh, just like, being intimate and however you define it with your partner does not mean you cannot find intimacy in other people and other other uh, connections you may make. Again, at all levels of what, excuse me, intimacy might mean to you. So, okay. So 
I think that's all I have to say about that. Um, so glad I stopped crying, podcast listeners. You'll, you'll be very happy to know you missed the part where I sobbed before we got into anything. So here we go. Um, I have to do the thing and I have to write the numbers because I have to pretend to be JB. I'm going to tell y'all right now that has fucking sucked. So this is the end of the official episode. Yes, we'll do a bonus section because I'll tell you, I think there were some things I was going to tell you and I've probably already forgotten what they are. So hopefully somebody will remind me. Um, So yeah, we're done on this topic for this week. Uh, One of us at least will be back next week. Um, If not, something has gone terribly wrong. Uh, And so Yeah, uh, I guess I'm supposed to say, keep it kinky, y'all. And we'll see you next week. And then I had to write down the number like JB. And I don't have anybody to ask, can I talk to the crickets? I just like get to talk to y'all, which is how that goes and what I've been doing. And so it doesn't feel like there's really a separation. What even is happening around here? Also, with all of that talking, I didn't drink either of the two drinks I have here with me. Um, Did I leave enough silence for JB? He will let me know that I did not leave enough silence for him. And I just scooted right along for him. But we'll find out. Um, Yeah, podcast listeners, be grateful you're listening. You're not watching the live stream or the video. Did I cry the first 10 minutes? Yes, I did. (laughs) But as I um, knew that uh, would happen, once I got into my topic and started sharing the things I was thinking, I calmed the fuck down. So (laughs) I am feeling a bit better now. I don't feel as adrift as I did. Ooh, the tears are still there. Okay, we're gonna try and keep those at bay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, thank you to GCNX for giving me permission to talk to the crickets. You see, I did not wait for you, but that's okay. I, I appreciate the permission to talk to the crickets. Um, so Silent Wing reminded me that uh, the idea that I've had for a long time that I've never acted on that I said I would mention in the bonus section. So let's start there. Um, it's more of a YouTube thing, um, but maybe it could be a podcast thing. I don't know. I have... <laughs> I talk to myself a lot. I don't think anybody who knows anything about people is surprised by this. The fact that I can talk this much kind of unprompted with no script for as long as uh, this episode has even been, y'all know I can I can talk. I got, I got thoughts, I got opinions. I spend a lot of time talking to myself. And sometimes I'm talking through things. I'm trying to figure out what I think. And sometimes I just, I just need somebody to talk to, it's too quiet. Anyway, <laughs> I have often, and I've mentioned this before, thought about doing videos talking about different aspects of my life, but most it's all through a submissive lens and just talking about things like not big topics like this, but just like, let me tell you what's been on my mind. Maybe like in the YouTube format, like a get ready with me. Let's just talk about something that's on my mind in a not quite a vloggy thing. Cause I don't want to film lots of B roll. <laughs> I'm not interested in that, but just like here are these little tidbits that aren't a full topic. They're just, these are the things I'm thinking right now. Um, that feeling came on real strong today when I thought about how I was going to have to to do this, or it's just me again after all these years. Not a fan. Um, and I was working through some things that I was thinking about in terms of how I'm feeling right now with everything going on with JB, and how it's re- what's going on with JB is about JB, but I've had my own kind of effects of it, um, which are 
I don't want to minimize my own feelings, but if that's why you shouldn't really compare. But if I'm comparing what I'm going through to what JB's going through, he's certainly got it worse, right? But anybody who's ever had to be the caregiver to somebody else who's in pain or ill or whatever, you know, you go through your own stuff, right? So that's, and I've been thinking about that through like what it means to be a submissive and just like wanting to kind of talk about that, but not in like a formal topic where it would be normally be JB and myself. Um, <laughs> I even thought of calling it the submissive chronicles, but it wouldn't be like a thing where, like what value would it add? It, it maybe just an extra perspective for anybody who thinks that they're alone with how they're feeling about stuff. But also uh, I still have that voice in my head from childhood that says you just talk to hear yourself speak. Nobody gives a fuck. That's the thing I'm working through. Clearly I'm working through it. Cause can I talk for an hour almost uninterrupted? Well, I interrupt myself, but you know what I mean? Yes, I can. So <sighs> that was my idea. Will I act on it? I don't know. Um, it's in times like these where I'm stressed and uncertain that to not become too introspective and focus all on what's going wrong and, and how things are like stressful and feeling awful and terrible, I tend to focus outward and I start working. Um, lots and lots of projects I've started have been in times of high stress <laughs> and I just wanted to not think about the stressful thing. The problem is, is the stress usually does reduce itself. And then there you are with more projects, <laughs> no time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, that was the, the idea that I had. Um, will I act on it? I don't know. I, I am, I am not the Hank Green of anything. Uh, or the female Hank Green, but Hank Green, and I relate to Hank Green very well. If you don't know Hank Green, uh, author, vlog brother, like creator of 10 million things. Um, I've never once yet been as successful as Hank Green on anything, but I relate to the idea of having way more ideas than you will ever have time in life to try all the ideas and not every idea is a good one. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Um, so I can't remember everything I said about JB at the beginning, other than the back, his back is flaring up. So I hope I'm not repeating myself, but I probably am. I'm a repeater if, if you're new here. Um, I'm also not taking a sip of my coffee. Hold on. Okay. Better, better. Um, he, uh, he's been kind of up and down. He, like I said, multiple doctors multiple treatments. It's a flare up. I think, I think I've decided, I've decided on that one for what to call this. Um, it has messed with both our heads. Um, work still has to happen. Taking care of kids still has to happen. Taking care of the house still has to happen. Um, sometimes I forget how integrated our lives are into each other and how I depend on him for so many decisions and so many like, here's when we're going to do this thing because now I've got like a list of hanging things of, okay, do I just decide? Do I try and wait for a day when he feels better? I'm also very conscious of the fact that I don't want him to have one day of feeling better and thinking he's better. And then he overdoes it because he had that one day that he felt better. And then he's like back down a few notches of like feeling awful. So trying to find that balance. Um, I'm tired. I am not gonna cry again. Holy shit, we're not bookending this fucking episode with tears. Um, I worry about him, of course I do. He 
briefly once or twice mentioned what if this is my new normal and i did i partly did the optimist thing of well we don't know that and it probably isn't and whatever and then i did the pragmatic thing of well if it is then we'll figure it out because we've figured everything out so far over 10 years of knowing one another we will figure this out is he coming in the door's opening no he just let somebody let the dog in i thought jb was coming uh, lola's like mm, did i really want to be in here i don't know um we will figure it out i'm i'm just tired i think that's where a lot of my emotions are coming from i'm just i'm just tired um i don't try very hard not to burden him with that because i know from my own perspective and i know from talking to people when you're the one going through the pain and the suffering and the angst and the worry and the flare up and the condition it can be too much to hear about how other people feel about it and the focus right now is on him but damn i'm tired <laughs> um hopefully it's temporary i can't let myself go down the mental road right now of is this the new normal it is the worst flare he's ever had it's the longest lasting he said it's the worst one he's had since his back problems began 25 plus years ago um it's the worst one i've ever experienced with him i hate seeing him in pain and misery Who? um damn it i didn't mean to cry again shit anybody tell tell the new folks i don't do this <laughs> uh mm -mm -mm. um I'm here keeping things going as best I can. Um, enjoying staying busy, like to stay focused. Also overwhelmed with it. <laughs> I had this moment, I was talking to the 13 year old the other day and I was like, I don't know why I felt like that was a moment to say this thing to him. It was kind of unprompted. I hope I didn't traumatize him. I don't think I did, but I was like, oh, I almost, I'm almost being reminded of what it was like to be a single parent, not because he, JB's not present when he's awake and he's able to think clearly he is present and he's participating as best he can um but it I forgot <laughs> what it's like to be responsible for the bulk for all of it um and hell that was when they were little and couldn't help me kids now I'm like you do this and you do that and I'm gonna go do this and we are gonna conquer and divide the shit that needs to get done around this house um but part of what gets me through I lean into the fact that I'm a service submissive and I know this is like this is what I was built for right <laughs> like the ultimate in taking care of the people you love um so yeah uh in other completely relevant but also let's do a 180 from this um the kinkery that is JB and myself uh, we'll be at the woodshed in Orlando on November 19th. Um, they're bringing back their, the kinky, what do they call it? Kinky something extravaganza. It's an afternoon where you can get into the woodshed at no charge. You don't have to be a member. And there's different vendors like JB and I for the kinkery who sell fuckery. Um, and the last time they did this was pre COVID and we have a blast every time we've done it. I think we've done it 
they we, they had done it twice and we did it twice i can't remember but we filled out the form and they accepted us and we get to go and it's very exciting um <laughs> i think that's a little bit where some of the stress is coming from because we're preparing for holiday season when lots of people are shopping and also a market with product to have enough to like hopefully entice kingsters to shop there too um and so it's really really exciting and i know poor jb when he's loose it'll be like i can't believe this fucking thing is happening with my back right now i need to be working um so that is very exciting so i don't know if anybody remembers way back in like 2019 the last time we'll be talking about it like nearly every week um because if you are in florida close enough to easily get to orlando or if you often travel to florida and orlando hello i know disney world is here um november 19th the woodshed it's a it's a good opportunity if you've never been to a dungeon and going to the, uh, the idea of going to the dungeon like freaks you out a little bit and you're like, mm, not my thing. Uh, <laughs> it's a good time to go because one, there's no charge to get in. Two, all the lights are up. It doesn't even quite look like it's normal cell because there's tables where there's usually PlayStations. Um, so, um, and we are, we are quintessentially us. Uh, I know how JB is, even if his, if this, we're finding out our new normal with his back. He will have me bring him there and prop him the fuck up. He will be there. Uh, <laughs> so uh, when we did it last time, we had several people who came who, you know, listened to the show or whatever, watch the show. I have to say watch now because the YouTube side. Um, and just to say hi. And we don't expect anybody to shop from us. If you go to this to just come say hi to us, it's not us angling for a sale as well. It's like, just come say hi. Um, so yeah, we're very excited. November 19th. Um, we will be in Orlando. Um, I'm sure there's other things. I keep drawing blanks, um, but I think that's normal. That's probably normal for me. I can't even blame it on, on everything going on the past couple of weeks. <laughs> can't, would like to, can't, that's, that's normal for me. Um, I would love to stay here and keep talking because I feel more myself, even though these damn tears, fucking shit anyway but i need to go because there's stuff to be done and a kid to pick up from school and errands to run and blah 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 y'all know how it is um so i'm gonna go uh thanks for being here for whatever the hell this was i really hope the topic was meaningful or helpful or whatever um i am a I'm always grateful for y'all. JB is too. Shit. <laughs> Even more so right now. We're gonna be fine. It's not tragic. Just my damn emotions. <laughs> they are right at the surface. I probably need a nap or a spanking or both. Probably a snack too. <laughs> so I'm gonna go. Um, love y'all. Thanks for being here, especially to the bitter end. Uh, and if you made it through me crying once or twice, uh, you're fucking amazing. Um, so that's it for me. One or both of us will be back next week. Bye, y'all.